0: Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reach and Freightways production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. This week, I'm honored to be joined by a fellow Jeremy the Chief Administration Officer of Nusbaum Transportation, Jeremy Stickling. Thank you for joining me and cool name, by the way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that that's mutual, uh, I'm, I'm sure. So <laughs> I'm thrilled to be on here, Jeremy.
0: So, uh, well, I'm excited to get into, you know, talking about your career, how you got into the industry, your dedication to creating an award-winning culture at Nusbaum. Uh, hopefully you can shed some light on your involvement with TCA and how that's helped you in the company. I'd certainly like to learn more about NISBOM being an ESOP, right? Because you're the second company that I've talked to recently who's created that structure, and it's intriguing. So, uh, and then I want to make sure we have time for a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that all work for you? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, before we dive in, as is the custom, uh, I'm curious if you have any book, you know, recommendations for the audience. Anything you've read recently that uh, was impactful? Yeah. Well, over
1: my shoulder here. <sighs> Um, you know, it, it kind of goes and fits and starts. I get real motivated, knock out a whole bunch. And then, uh, my 2023 book total is a one and a half regrettably. But, um, if I had to pick a recent favorite, um, we it's, I'm going to do this, um, working genius. It's Patrick Lencioni. It's backwards oh, here, but, uh, we we're, um, pretty big Lencioni fans around here. And this, this is tied actually to an assessment. It's, it's $25 assessment. Sound like I'm doing an infomercial, but we really like it. Um, it, it. It talks about what energizes you at work and you have a team of people and it's going to vary. Um, some are going to be wanting to work on the ideation side, thinking about new things. Some are just going to say, tell me what to do and I'll execute it for you. And it kind of uh, gives insight to that. So um, there's a lot of news bum folks that have been tied into this topic recently. So we have fun with that stuff.
0: Yeah, I like that. And so, uh, uh, did you do that, like, from a leadership standpoint or across the company? People getting in in the assessment. So this one is
1: has been company wide. Actually, we uh, it's not everybody, but I am going to just make a guess: eighty five percent of the company probably has done a Working Genius assessment by now. That's really I've, cool. Every team at there is six um, geniuses. Um, for those who have gone over this, I am an IT invention tenacity. Um, and I'm frustrated by a W, a big wonderer, um, and an E enablement, which means if you have an idea and you want my help, uh, don't ask me cause I could be a jerk about it. I don't know, you know, so, <laughs> but we've done that across the teams and, uh, it, it's, it's been a good practical, uh, tool for us.
0: Well, that's really cool. Thanks for that, uh, suggestion. I hadn't, I'm not, I'm familiar with Patrick Lencioni, but, uh, but not that particular book and, or that assessment. So hopefully uh, some of the leaders uh, the read or the viewers here will uh, also find that uh, interesting so let's get into uh your background a little bit how did you how did you find yourself into the trucking industry
1: well how did i get into trucking ever since i was four I, no i'm kidding I, that's actually not my story at all i think it's kind of interesting because it's graduation season and everybody's like set your goal set your dream go and hit it uh, you can be what you want um I wonder how many people actually say this is what I'm going to go do and actually go hit it. So, so I, um, this is my claim to fame, Jeremy. Um, most of my jobs, my mom helped me get through her network. Isn't that, that, that's, um, uh, pulled myself up by my bootstraps and my mom helped me out. I mean, that's my story. So, um, there was some family friends that worked here. Um, and they, they, uh, um, asked about me and I ended up in trucking and it gets into your blood from there. Mm -hmm. I would have a hard time seeing myself, uh, do anything different or being any different industry at this point. It really does get in your blood, but it didn't start there if I'm being honest. So,
0: yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because it does, it, it gets in your blood if you let it, right. Because you could be resistant and you probably wouldn't last very long. You might've been there a year or two and then just done something else and you'd be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're happy because you embraced it. And uh, that's what I love about this industry the most is when you you're all in and you build relationships. You know, you've been doing this. You have relationships that you've built because of the industry that they'll last a lifetime.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, tell me about Nisman, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe if you can share a little bit about the company's history and what makes them different besides, you know, the, 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 the you know, working genius, you know, assessments and those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, How do I do this without sounding too cliche (laughs) so i think some of us know and and are familiar enough that to know that i think there are really good trucking companies who are really well like thought of and and have standing in the industry and in 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 the in society and then there are there are those that are that are like this bomb so i'm helping you with that at least because i think that's the perception that a lot of people have
1: yeah well no I, i i appreciate that i really do Um, the company has been around since 1945. Um, so we aren't new. Um, it kind of reinvented itself, um, around the uh, turn of the millennia, around 2000, we used to be an LTL pretty heavy and really made a switch to truckload, um, around that time. Um, so in some ways we're a 20 and 25 year old company. Um, in other ways we're uh, 75 going on 80. Um, so what makes Nussbaum different? Um, if you look at most companies, what's their purpose for being? What's their vision? Um, a lot of times it says something along the lines of um, excellent on-time service, you know, exceeding in our industry or being the best we can be. And um, our vision um, really is purpose-driven to, to create positive impact in every interaction. Um, in other words, we think business gives us a platform, gives us a sphere of influence and it, it's, yeah, we want to be good. We think we got the business excellence thing down that needs to be there. It enables your platform, but it's how we use that platform. And it's, it's how are we making a difference or are we being a blessing? Um, and that's really, um, what gets a lot of us up in the morning. It draws a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm not just there to try to help somebody make a bunch of money. Sure. We try to do that. I'm not trying to be cute with that, but, um, what's, what's the purpose of the company beyond just making money, you know? So, and we really try to focus on that. We talk about it a lot. It draws people, you get people to come with that mindset. And, uh, I, I feel that that's, I feel there's more than lip service to that kind of thing around here.
0: Definitely. And, and I know just from my interactions with a lot of the folks across the team and, and, uh, you know, being that sort of shining light on a hill, if you will, I, I see that in, in, it's not just lip service for sure. And it's also, it probably attracts people who, who would gravitate towards that. Is that fair?
1: Oh yeah. Yep. It, it definitely does. It definitely does. And, um, we're, uh, we're over 700 employees now. So not like everybody drinks the kool-aid um but boy you walk around here and there's a fun vibe um people like it's it's not just a great work environment where i'm having fun with who i work with sure that but that's not the leading thing that's part of it uh it's more i am part of a bigger purpose um trying to make a difference They, they focus on generous giving and they talk about it they're they're um worried about um you know a human growing and being successful and um it creates a fun vibe
0: well and you as a chief administrative officer you oversee multiple departments how do you how do you ensure that you know that's maintained you know especially as you grow and you you know surpass 700 you know that commitment to you know honesty integrity uh, character you know those sorts of things
1: yeah it's, it's been interesting because when I started, I started back at NewsBomb 2007, we were 120, 140 employees, somewhere in there. Um, so that it's, what is that? quintupled or something in my time here. And I remember back in the day, um, you know, so take a Brent NewsBomb, He touched everything. Um, a Bill Wettstein, he touched everything. We're now to the size where you, you can't do that, mm-hmm. um, and so how do you keep how do you keep the culture in place? How do you uh, retain that as you grow? What we've doubled down on with this, Jeremy, is you're only as good as your next level of leaders and your mid managers. I mean, the, the company is your manager, and so we invest a lot of time into that group of people, um, and they don't get their jobs because just because they're really good at getting stuff done. There's a lot of people that are good at getting stuff done. Um, but we try to put people in those roles who they're most excited when they see their team fly. Um, and so just pouring into that next level of leadership because, um, you can't touch everything anymore. It's
0: too big to do that. So, well, you made a, you made a comment. Uh, first of all, um, you're only as good as your next level, you know, managers. I, I really like that quote. I hope maybe that makes it into the title. <laughs> but, but I really like that quote, but I think, uh, also I was going to say something jokingly because you said they don't get that job just because, you know, I said, I was going to joke something about maybe your mother's network might, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they need a good mom. Yeah. You know? uh, did I,
1: did I mention mother's day
0: was recent? It, That's right. It just happened. So shout out to, shout out to mom on the podcast. That's right. right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously recruiting, this podcast is about, you know, recruiting, about retention, about compliance you know, these are areas that I think uh, Nusbaum excels at. Can you share maybe some of the, the innovative ideas that, that your team has uh, implemented at Nusbaum to attract and retain, you know, best drivers?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll split that into two categories, kind of the um, attract and then the retain. Um, so I know the attracting drivers definitely hits your world as well, Jeremy. But um, we, um, and you've heard this before, but we try to have a no surprises recruiting philosophy when we're selling people, and this drivers, of course, but this goes for non drivers as well. Um, we aren't going to sell you on the top twenty percent. Now, maybe we'll tell you what it is, but we're going to focus on the forty to sixty, kind of in that range around the average. Um, and we're going to tell you the good and the bad, and we're going to put it in writing and put that writing in front of you. And we spent a lot of time on that, so hopefully expectations align. That that's a big one, and very attractive for drivers to call up and have a recruiter that's actually okay talking them out of the job Mm -hmm. um so that that's one thing we try and then i'm hesitant to share this one because this is a little bit of practical secret sauce but you can't fake it either so um we focus a lot on our online reviews um we know we know what our online reputation is and if our recruiters stay in touch with who they hire they'll follow up with them Um, and if we're talking to a happy driver, we'll offer them the review mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. Um, now you can't fake it because they got to do it. And where it becomes more powerful is if somebody does it and somebody else is online and jumps on and says, Hey, what that guy said, um, I, I experienced the same thing and you get some real power rolling. So, um, a lot of drivers that come to us do that research and, um, that reputation has been really helpful.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so, uh, refreshing to hear you say that because you acknowledge and, and understand that, um, that is the power. Uh, it's one thing for a driver to say, Hey, I see these trucks. I'm familiar with the company, but they don't just go apply. They're going to go look you up. They do. And if they look you up, that's what you want them to see.
1: Yep. Absolutely. What are they, what are they going to find? What, what are they going to come across? What are you given horror stories, um, that can be put on a trucker forum somewhere, you know, cause they're going to find that stuff.
0: Right. And, 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 and the, that's the, the double-edged sword of social media of these sort of forums, you know, the internet in general is everybody has a, a voice. Everybody has a mouthpiece. And you, I would imagine that 95% of those who contribute to any sort of review is, is glowing and positive. And then still you're going to have these, some, you're like, I, we tried, we genuinely tried. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You,
1: you don't win with everybody and those reviews are out there too. That, that helps keep it real. And yeah. like, I'd be worried if it was all positive about a company and not that we're proud of our, our bad reviews. You know, and sometimes the, they might be earned. Unfortunately, it's not that, uh, um, you know, we, we let people down. Um, and part of the, part of the way to be successful is realize that you do that sometimes and to figure out how to
0: learn from that, you
1: know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not a, not a, uh, Potemkin village, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, this is reality and, and then right. not everyone's happy. Now, wh- how about retention? Cause I think that's also an area where I think, uh, I know the company and everybody that I've talked to is super proud of. Is that, uh, yeah. um, you know, are there any yeah. specific strategies or initiatives that, that you've implemented that uh, to, to achieve? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I could get, uh, I could get program
1: happy, um, talking about this one. So it, trying to find the uh, the big winners or uh, uh. so one thing we like to cite is we have a program we call certified red our trucks are reds company color um, and the whole idea is in in the professional driver world you get your CDL no one cares um, the other trades my brother is a plumber he could he gets licensed and all that my dad was a carpenter he could go uh, journeyman foreman superintendent trucking you got a CDL Um, So we built our own um, academy, if you will, kind of a technical college type uh, approach. People enroll in it and they can work towards and it's not a walk in the park and it takes a lot of time and it's not just a safe mile program. Um, You got to go through education and learning and and uh, power through that. But a lot of folks engage with that. I think our turnover among certified red drivers is in the low teens, I think, company wide. We're hanging out around 35, 36% this year. 21, 22 were really tough for us. I know you didn't ask numbers, but I feel to be genuine talking through this, I almost have to put them out. But we were in the low 40s range the last two years. That um, big sign-on bonuses out there really um, pulled against us. But we're back in the in the uh, mid-30s range, which is where uh, has been where we've lived uh, for the last decade or so, it seems like.
0: Well, that's um, definitely something to be proud of for sure. So,
1: so I threw out certified, right? I want to give uh, one more too that I, that I think is unique to us. Um, we're willing to keep wrestling with, so we're truckload over the road. Most of our drivers are out a week at a time. We have some dedicated, but even our dedicated, they're out a week at a time, uh, in a lot of cases, and we're willing to keep wrestling with the difficult parts of the over the road trucking job. The reason I say it that way we'll always wrestle with home time and pay variability and um, you know, missing um, a son's birthday um, or planning to get home Friday. It ends up being Saturday and our industry wrestles with that, but it, we try to not use it as an excuse um, and we do things to wrestle with it. So like on the home time piece specifically, um, our planners have the driver's last three weekends and how many hours they had at home when they were at home so they can see right on there okay we had a 58 hour weekend here We had a 35 here and a 37 who he's coming off two short resets proactively without making him crawl or beg for it. what can I do for him this week And it puts that information there in front of them And we have a, a uh, the way we do our planning we have a driver managers and there's a fleet planner, and then there's regional planners. So regionals are thinking about the customers, easiest way to say it. Fleet, are they're thinking about up to 60 to 70 drivers. And two times a year, they reach out to their drivers directly and check in on them and see if they have preferences. No promises, but what are your preferences? And that's right there on the planner as well. So, um, and it's not just that it's on the planners, that it's the Fleet planner themselves engaging directly with drivers, and they're planning to the driver. Um, we still have people leave us because uh, we didn't get them home on time, or because uh, they need a more predictable weekend. But we're wrestling with that stuff, right? Uh, and doing what we can. And I'm not going to just forget about it. Or oh, that's that's trucking, you know. That's true. If you don't want trucking, then toughen up, get out of the industry. If you can't. Now, that's not. Approach we try to have. Now I could probably be quoted saying that in my uh, weaker moments, but you try to fight through that. Right. So,
0: well, but, but so that's sounds like that's, uh, you know, I was, that kind of dovetails into a question about driver satisfaction. Cause it sounds like by engaging with them in that way and showing that you're listening and that you care and you want to try to help and, and you're willing to wrestle with this, that, um, uh, that there's a sense of like, Hey, they care. And that's so much of it. It's not just how much, you know, cents per mile versus this other company, but do I feel like this company I'm working for cares and invests in me? And certainly certified red is an example of that investing in your people. Um, any other, uh, KPIs or anything that you look at to, to help determine satisfaction? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, turnover, everybody uses a unique one to us. Um, we do an annual engagement survey. Um, there's about 70, 75 questions. We have it conducted through a third party. They do phone base. So they call to get these interviews. We had 91% participation across the company. Um, it's a big exercise. So it's once a year. Um, they do a lot of this surveying um, both within and without the industry in and out. And so they got good benchmarking and that's a real barometer for us. It's not, you can't hang everything on one KPI or one process, but it is a good indicator for us. And uh, they're calculating overall satisfaction scores. They have ways they calculate engaged employees. Um, And if that starts to drop, we're asking questions or you can look in areas that it drops. We've been doing it since 2003, about a decade, I think. So we got a pretty good history. And, uh, and then they, they'll benchmark you. Are you above or below average? This last time they told us, and this is part where I, am going to brag a little bit because I feel like I'm bragging on behalf of the, the news reputation isn't from how somebody like me says it should be or want it. It's how the people are experiencing each other. It's how the drivers are experiencing their driver managers. It's, it's how safety had that awkward call. Like, that's where this stuff happens. That's where satisfaction is created. And um, we have the highest engagement scores they've seen. With the exception, we tied with a small regional hospital in the state of Washington, Washington. Proster memorial shout out to them i've never met anybody from there but um (laughs) uh, evidently we share the uh engagement score high or
0: record um with them so but that's that's one barometer for us that's a big one though to your point because that's that's pretty exhaustive and it's not even just industry specific um so a couple questions left we have a a little bit of time left so you are an esop right the company is an esop uh how, how does that you know foster a sense of uh, ownership and engagement among its employees? Because I assume that's something, well, first of all, maybe can share how that came about, why, and then uh, how has that maybe fostered a, a, a sense of ownership and engagement? Yeah, sure.
1: So Employee Stock Ownership Plan is what the acronym stands for, right? And so an ESOP is a way to get stock and get cash quickly so you can get rich. And now I'm, I'm, again, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, no, that, that's not what it is. And it, it actually, I, I've told people, if you go the ESOP route to create your culture, you're going to be disappointed. It, it matches a culture. I, I feel it matches it. Like your culture fits an ESOP. Um, and yeah, of course, once it's up, it, it's a literal line. If the company does well, it's creating wealth for our people we're working for each other. It's, it's a literal line that you can use and that's really cool. And people will start buying into that, but it's, it's not the secret sauce to make people have an ownership mindset. Um, they're going to have that because they believe what the company is about, not because I might have this retirement nest egg 37 years from now. Um, so it's a really cool thing. Um, we have an own, uh, ESOP committee. We, we try to really educate on it. Um, we, we have what we call own it moments. and We definitely play that up, but, uh, it, it, it builds on existing culture. It doesn't create it. Um, so, but yeah, we have it, a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's intriguing and I think it's, uh, anytime, a, 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 an employee gets to have this sense of ownership and, you know, they're, they're, they have, you know, they're aligned in terms of, you know, goals and, ex- and motivations, expectations, and so on. Yeah.
1: So it's interesting in so if you're going to be an owner, like what, what do you expect? You expect to uh, be in the know, to be informed and know what's going on. Um, there's all these other things that, that go with, okay, what's, if, if I'm going to be treated like an owner, we can't just say, hey, it's Nesop. You, you have some shares, you're an owner. Uh, but don't ask any awkward questions. Okay. Cause we're not going to tell you, and we're going to do this behind a curtain over here. And, um, there's more to creating that ownership culture. You know, and we, we, uh, we have monthly financial workshops. This is, this is going to shock some people. Um, well, I, I know, it well, cause we've tried it and people, you do what, and they just can't get comfortable with the idea. We share our financials. Um, across the company and the driver facing. Um, it's a, we've actually asked them about it. They're like, uh, don't overload us with information. So, uh, we do a quarterly, um, where our CFO is walking them through the fi- literal financial results of the company, um, quarterly. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're very, uh, we try to be open, um, and candid and all those things are part of the ownership picture as well. And, if, Hey, if, if what you're telling me here, company decisions, why we're doing things, how the company's doing, that's going to affect my wealth. So they tie together then. So, and, and one enables the other. right?
0: So. Well, and that's a great, uh, you know, for, for our last question here, our deeper dive question, this is, uh, kind of, kind of fits right into that. Cause it's a lot of companies pay lip service to culture. Uh, I've come to realize that it starts from the top. Do you agree with that? That's the question.
1: Yes, it does. Um, and my, my answer there, I'm thinking of, um, you know, it starts with Brent Nussbaum and what he thinks is important and what he wants us to value. If you caught some hesitation, my yes, it does. Uh, culture is not sustained by a couple good leaders. It, it, it becomes real from the next level and the next level the next level, mm-hmm. buying in and living it and breeding it too. Because um, you can have leaders saying, I want us to behave this way and behave that way. Um, and if, if your next level, next level aren't, there's no accountability for that. There's no, uh, uh, training or resources or assistance in that, then it doesn't matter what the leader thinks. So yes, it's not possible without leadership. It starts there, but it can't be sustained. Um, and it's going to fall apart quickly. If you, if you don't have everyone, um, bought in, everyone's a big word, but, uh, I'll stick with it.
0: Well, as a wise man once said, you're only as good as the next level of managers.
1: Who is that? <laughs> that, that that's good. That's
0: good <laughs> well, uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jeremy. I appreciate your passion for the industry. Grateful uh, to be able to work with you and your team. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed the conversation, Jeremy. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And remember, you could submit any question or comments, including those, which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.